to another segment of Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carla Mina, residential real estate broker with Cold Banker. It is exciting to be here in this cold Thursday evening in the Chicago area. I wish I could do the show all by myself because my co-host really, really sucks. <sighs> really? <laughs> Really? That's how you listen. We have amazing really? women in the studio, and I think they concur. Really? Look, look at the faces. Yes, it's chilly, Willie, but I am the one probably more <laughs> destined to head down to Los Angeles and do this show than you are. Well, let's just get down to <laughs> Why reality do we have here. To go Brass Tax. You a definitely show like aren't this. tall enough to get to New York and do the show. <laughs> so it's either LA for me or New York for me. Either way, you're stuck here in the freezing cold. But not enough about you. Let's talk about the beautiful women over there and that dude. <laughs> that dude. Hi, Grogs. Hi, Grogs. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition. <laughs> and there you have Market it. There's Graco Funes in his rollout. <laughs> this, is this is all he'll do for the entire show. But okay. Go ahead. Yes. Let's get Settle it. Settle down now. Right? Yeah. Let's, get Let's get it. I got it you. Here. Hello, everybody. So today in studio, we have Joanna Diaz of Credit RX. We're happy to have Joanna here on air with us. She's a major sponsor of Market Overdrive, and she helps keep the lights on here for us. Ooh, Ooh, lights on. Lights on. Just, Just a, a little, little bit. bit. Can you dim them, though, real quick? Because I feel like it's pretty bright. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Joanna Diaz and Credit RX and how you got into this crazy industry yes. briefly. Uh, you, you can take as much time as you want. Don't I'm worry about ready. it, girl. It's your show. You're on show. January. Okay. <laughs> we started the company, my husband and I, uh, after knowing that our credits were not that good to oh. buy. So Love that personal story. Yes, I was. You're speaking <laughs> from experience, which is the best way to speak. Yes. Right. And so after five months of doing what we needed to do, we were able to purchase our first property. And so I thought, well, you know, this is great. If we could do this for our clients, why not? So it started all uh, January 2015, and right now it's a team of six of us. Congrats. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So what happened? People started calling and saying, listen, I have the same experience. Can you help me with this? Yes. And we can relate grew. to the clients. I think that's what makes us a little different. Right. Um, there's no lies about it. You yeah. Know, if, you, if you are struggling, you need to get, you know, get help. And so um, it started from us, and now we are about 2,100 transactions or a little more. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's a lot. Yes. It's a lot of credit con- consultations. Let's hold that right there. Yes. Hold that also right there. Also, I have in studio today. Mm-hmm. Right? Miss always me. lovely and always black and gold herself. <laughs> Made of gold. The infamous, the world famous Mimi Luna of Caldwell Banker. How you doing? Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. We would ask for your resume, but we really don't need it. We just know it's like dot, 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 fabulous, right? Yes. All right. That's all that matters. <laughs> Hashtag diva. What's new? What's what's been shaking? We haven't seen you in a week. Well, a I've week. seen you like a couple of days ago, but <laughs> yeah, I saw you a couple. But days. tell tell the viewers what's going on. Nothing's going on. It's business as usual. Things are hot and heavy. The market is spicing up, and it's ready to buy. And recap on last week a little bit. Those three best, most affordable, or I think it was actually three best value buys yes. in the western suburbs: yes. Brookfield, Berwyn, and Lyons. Sold anything, moved anything since we last spoke in Brookfield, Berlin Lines? I've actually sold a little bit. I've actually done a big deal, but it was actually in Willow Springs. Oh, mm. but you have sold some Brookfield lines. I have sold some Brookfield. Brookfield is flying. Proof is in the pudding. Somebody probably saw you on the show and said, you know what? I need to buy there. Let me contact Mimi Luna. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. That's how it works. Nobody calls you, though, from no the show. No one ever calls me at all. <laughs> they just call us to complain about how bad we did the show. Yes, and about you picking on me. So yeah. anyway, great show today. We have a lot of information for those of you who are facing maybe not such great credit and are thinking about buying this year or just want to get responsible with your credit, something that it's, I think it's a fear, right? And it used to be that when people were going through foreclosures or short sales back in the days, um, people just were fearful of just dealing with it. I think that when you're so embarrassed by it, you just don't want to face it. And I think that today is a great show because we have Mimi who's helped millions of people or like a ton of clients deal with this. And Joanna, you've helped people with their credit. I just want everybody to get right with their credit and kind of figure out where to start. So before we get into that, though, I really want to talk about what's trending in the market right now, Nick, um, as far as interest rates. I'm, we're getting a lot of calls about that. It's from my end in the business. A lot of buyers and sellers are kind of concerned about these interest rate hike. And it's not a hike, but just every time there's a slight movement in interest, interest rates, it just affects the whole market as a whole. Yeah. Bad news is never great news. So anytime rates are going up, it's not something people want to hear. If anything could turn, if anyone could turn the TV on and wish for one thing, it, it would be to hear rates go all the way down to zero. You know, but let's face it, we were recently close to zero. 
You know, mm-hmm. at one point two years ago, right when you opened your company, uh, or two three years ago, we were sitting at like a three and a quarter thirty year fix. Three and a quarter. I saw two point seven five at one point. Right. I mean, so for like a day, it was crazy. But y- when you're in a situation with rates that low, you have to assume there's nowhere to go but up. So now we shouldn't be shocked anymore what we're seeing. As we all know, the Fed's had, uh, and this is why this show today with um, with Joanna ties in very well because these two things correlate. They're direct correlations of rates and credit scores are. Okay. Connected. It's like peanut butter and jelly. What your credit score is, is what your rate is. Now, that doesn't stop the overall market for going up for everybody, and that's what I'm relating to right now. Uh, so rates were, it wasn't news. It was a couple, I think it was a couple weeks ago, they announced a quarter point adjustment going upwards. Um, with the, uh, if you will, the mindset that rates will keep increasing. Now, they didn't go out and say that they're going to go up a point, but, you know, we, when it comes to interest rates, um, we bet on the future market. Even though everyone saw rates, an announcement a couple weeks ago, they think that, oh, rates went up that day. That's not the case. They were already on their way up months before that announcement. The entire market, whatever market you're in, the stock market, the bond market, um, works on futures. So the rate were already baked, and we saw our rates increasing a few months back. And that was because everybody believed the feds were going to make the announcement that they did. Now, with that, sometimes comes a little bit of good news. What has happened to rates over the last couple of days? Grocco? Well, here's the good news, okay? Although rates are going to continue to go up, we know it. But the reality is that real estate investment markets won't be affected by higher interest rates. That's just my personal opinion. That's just my take. And I kind of want to touch on that a little bit today on why you know, higher interest rates could potentially mean a plus for the consumer. And I'll touch on this uh, really what? briefly here. Yeah, I know. It sounds crazy, but it's, it's, it's true. <clears throat> you fired. Uh, all, we all know that real estate investment um, is not going away. It's been here forever. And with any investment, you put in X with the hopes of a return down the road. That's just the reality, reality of it. It's a fundamental real estate 101, right? Uh, the key will always be buying property for the right price. And this is what I'm touching on it. While interest rates go up, the reality is that more properties might be sitting on the market because less and less people would be affording these types of property. And more importantly, when interest rates go up, now investors, consumers, and savvy investors are going to park their money elsewhere in other markets, in other investments versus just parking money in real estate. So that's something to consider. Let's not freak out with the fact that rates are climbing Let's actually embrace it and figure out a better way to capitalize on it. So that's kind of my take on. Well, that's cool from like a lunch. Sorry, let me just jump in because I don't want to lose where I was going with it. You kind of threw me for a curveball with the good news. The good news is usually after, and we did this on a show years ago, we talked about the Fed rate hike and what happens and how rates were already, the rates were already baked into that assumption of rates going up. Um, The good news is usually after a rate announcement, by the feds officially, that's when the market has a tendency to do a little bit of a self-correction. So the last few days, the rates have taken some pressure off. Um, and so the worst rate was probably just in front of the announcement, and the better rate is slightly after the announcement. So two things for those moving forward. If you hear the feds are making an announcement and they assume rates are going to be going up in the near future, you should be aware that those rates are already up before the announcement is done, which you probably might want to look for is the rebound. Right after the announcement's over, sit back for a week and watch them climb back down. There's actually a little bit of a gully there that you can get back into and maybe get an eighth of a point reduction on, the, or at least the cost of your rate will be reduced. So uh, Fed announcements are very ma- tricky. You have to know how to time them, um, but also keep your eye op- open for the purpose of the Fed announcement is the long-term growth over the next year or so. So, But be cautious on what you said because Every other rate goes up with it, car loans, credit cards. So we, And that's again, ties into Joanna and what we're here to do today. But Carla was going to say something, so go ahead. No, I mean, I was, it was kind of confusing for you know, the consumers to understand how it could be positive, right? Because I think a lot of people are just so concerned about, oh, there is an increase in rates. And you're talking about a quarter percent, a quarter point, right? I mean, that's like minimal when it comes to a 30-year amortizer. We pay in a loan over 30-year time. So I think that people get really overwhelmed when it comes to like increases. If you plan correctly, and that's why I thought this show was 
could be really good because I think that today's show is all about planning, planning ahead. We're looking at a long-term investment, which is housing. And whether you're buying for an investment or you're buying for an owner-occupied, um, it's a long-term investment. It's a commodity. So it's gonna, you're not going to be watching the rates as they decrease so you can get in the market. Everybody's like, when is the right time to buy? I mean, there was three and a quarter, right? You're, you're getting 4.75 at some point. And we were paying, getting 8%. At if, what point is the right then, time? you didn't buy then, you're not buying today, like, you're not buying tomorrow. Yeah, so I think that um, the reason why I wanted to talk about the rates is because I think it's a wash. It's not existent. It's not important. And you're going to be, you're going to look at me and say, okay, whatever, Carla. Does it affect people who are buying investment properties? Yes, carrying costs diminishes the return on investment. So the NOI is affected when you're looking at a long-term investment. But I'm talking about people who are going to own or occupy a property, people who are renting. People who are more, you know, worries about worrisome about their monthly carrying costs. This message is for you because if you're an investor, you're not worried about your credit score. That's under, that's taken care of. This is for someone who's never bought before because they've hit a hardship for whatever reason and they forgot to pay a bill, or maybe they had student loans, or maybe they had a hardship such as illness or whatever, a divorce. <clears throat> this message is for you, and we're gonna have we have great ideas, great recommendations from Joanna, who's done this for herself, that can help you. So again, with the rates. It's important in our business. We're we're tackling it as we speak. But for you, I think it shouldn't be and it, it shouldn't be an issue. Lastly, though, guys, understand that the chatter that you guys hear in the media, the news about interest rates climbing, shouldn't deter you from buying a property. Because the reality is that that's just noise, and it just puts a halt and a fear in people. So, if you're really interested in moving into uh, and acquiring a real estate property, and and you know, transacting in the real estate market, you just have to do it because it's like Carla just said, if you had done it three years ago, you would have reaped the benefits of a much lower interest rate back then versus moving forward in the future. Regardless, there's always going to be an ability to acquire property in our real estate market. It's not like we're looking at double digits. We're still in the single digits, very low interest rates, and we're still below 5%. So, Yeah, don't quote me on this, but one of these publications, I think it was either MSN Money or Bloomberg, which is the two I like to read more often, um, surveyed a couple thousand uh, new home buyers coming up on the market, and 87% of them felt no felt nothing about the rate increase. They're still their plans are still moving forward. So if you're one of those people that overthinks it, at least at least in, in some of those cases, it's okay to follow the herd. Uh, because it, it's not like rates went from four to nine where you really can't afford it. If you take a quarter point increase on your interest rate on the average loan of let's say two hundred thousand dollars, it's literally three hundred bucks for the year. Stop you're not losing getting. you're not losing this property over three hundred bucks more <laughs> right. more than likely. So you know but again it will Raise on credit cards, raise on car loans, and, and we are here today to at least get the best possible rate in the marketplace by doing the right. The only thing that really changes rate is, more than anything else, is credit score. Mm-hmm. So, where do we start? Well, before we go into one more thing, because I think a lot of people, when it comes to negotiating, remember, we're still in spring market. Everybody's super busy right now. So when you're trying to leverage the rate increase and say, well, the carrying cost is going to be a little higher now. So um, sellers should be more wary of the fact that there's not going to be that many buyers buying. I think that's just not correct. And it, it depends on what you're buying. If you're buying a condo or a single family, single families, right now is the market. Spring till maybe, say, August when kids go back to school, this is our window to sell a single family. And it all depends on, on areas as well. So... I know it gets really complicated, but we are just here to talk about what's trending in the market because we are in the trenches. We're transacting every day. Um, we're working with the buyers, so we're hearing what they're saying. <coughs> we're talking to other realtors, so we know what's happening. Um, this is a great pulse for, or this is a way for you to get, keep a great, a good pulse on the market with respects to what's happening in real estate. So let's move on with our topics today. Today we are going to talk about: Is it not credit report because it's insulting? You said, Joanna. So it's more of like how to fix credit. I would say just cons- uh, consultation or um, counseling. Okay, so we have free credit advice for you. How to you know improve your credit score, get it from credit advice. I like that. Negative to happy. That's compliant. Sad to happy. I think that's compliant. <laughs> credit advice. Yes. So in our subtopics, though, we're going to talk about what is the difference between a soft uh, credit pool versus a hard pool on your credit. Yes. So um, technically, people really have to be very careful when it comes to uh, checking the credit score. Uh, so well, well, we're just going through the subtopics because he it's kind of weird. I'm sorry. Can you turn your mics up a little bit? I think that their mics <coughs> are a little low. Which Both one? Okay, Both so. Which one should I? Beautiful and beautiful. Beautiful and beautiful. Those two over there. All right, I'm just going to go. Not oh, you, five. Carla. <laughs> 
Not you, Carla. <laughs> like that? I know you're not Joanna talking about me. me. Oh, now I can hear you. There yeah. you go. See? See? <laughs> Thank you. That's what the headphones are for. That was me, for. by the way. It wasn't him. It was me. Okay. Let's go back to me. <laughs> anyway, um, so the way this works, Joanna, is that we're also, we're so we're filming live right now. We're on Facebook Live. We're also on YouTube Live. And what we do is later, we uh, edit this package, and then we put it back on YouTube so people can, like, share it. We're hoping that you're sharing it. Uh, but we want people to be able to go through the video and not have to watch the entire things if, in case they have a topic that they feel they want to know more about. So the subtopics are going to be soft pull versus hard pull. What is the difference? Also, revolving credit versus long-term credit. And then Joanna has what not to do. And finally, Mimi is going to tell you, um, share her stories and how she's helped families uh, improve their credit and become homeowners. So maybe you can learn a little bit from those experiences. And finally, yeah, we'd like to share, we'd like for you to share as well one of your stories. So maybe our listeners can like, you know, say, okay, that's me. I know that there is help for me out there. Okay. Why don't we start, Nick? Just do me a favor. Refresh that real quick. Soft pull versus hard pull. So why don't I forget the order we're going in? Soft pull versus hard pull. Revolving credit versus long-term credit. What not to do. Personal story, personal story. Was that re- fast re- enough re- for you? Not really. Did I'm you still type lost. all this? Revolving versus. Oh, my God. You know this is how he acts. It's in his Nick I'm just making this? sure. I'm just, hey, I'm producers. just, let's go back to soft and hard pull. Why don't we go through the nitro That's question, fine. sir? Nitro question is very simple. You ready for the nitro question? All right, nitro question. The Nitro question today is brought to you by... Who's, who is our sponsor for the Nitro? Ah, it's my girl, Lisa Husino, who was here just last week from Allstate Insurance. That's one bad chick. You can call her 312-850-0775. Again, that's 312-850... I'm sorry, 850-0775. Lisa has not one, but two agents and a plethora of employees that can help you with all that fun insurance stuff. So the Nitro question goes to you it always goes to our guest is all things it's it's credit related you don't have to answer right now but i do want to know an answer within the next 20 minutes or so okay what is the ugliest thing you've ever seen on a credit report (laughs) and then (laughs) not a photo of me and how long did it take to literally bring that person back to, I guess, some type of a stable ground? Not a 750 credit score, but like something that's workable, let's say like a 600. So, uh, And then give us an idea of something that you might have seen that's like an outrageous thing. Now, I, I could tell you something I saw once. I saw collections from a casino on a credit report, mm-hmm. which I thought was the craziest thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen. And I, I got another I funny story that. as well. But I'm sure maybe you've seen something that... We all expect to see a collection from a gas company, a phone bill or whatever. But if you have something off the top of your mind that was kind of like, like just you were stunned uh, and how long it took for you to uh, reposition that consumer back to normality. All right. So that's the nitro question. We'll be back with that in about 20 minutes and you can roll. That's actually a good question. Ahead. All right, let's move on with our questions. So let's go ahead. Joanna, tell me what's the difference between a soft pull and a hard pull on credit? Um, so technically, a lot of consumers out there think that every time that you see or check your credit, um, it's going to drop your um, score, and it actually does not. Um, so if you're just checking it just to see where you're at, um, and you want to see the three credit scores, three credit bureaus, um, it does not um, drop your credit score. However, if you are applying for something, whether you're applying for a car loan or a mortgage or whatever the case may be, then you will um, see it on the credit report. As a matter of fact, right now, um, companies like uh, uh, um, phone bills, um, phone companies and, and electrical companies and stuff like that, they are doing hard hits on your credit. So be very careful. Um, cable companies are also doing hard hits on your credit. And even when you are asking for uh, to do like rentals, they're also doing hard hits. So just, you know, be be. But how does that affect? How does that affect a consumer, a hard inquiry? What does that mean? So depending on the actual um, item or thing that the client is, um, you know, applying for, it just depends on what it is. So if it's a mortgage, it usually drops you about 40 points, 30 to 40 points. So you have to be very careful. If it's a car loan and you are getting hit many, many times, um, I've seen 52 hits in a credit score. Like, 52. what are you doing that you need to pull your You're credit 52 times? Auto dealerships are shopping. Auto dealers. Here's so a, that's a... That's, that's, maybe we got to go into that. 
Because there's some really irresponsible people that run your credit and then rerun it and rerun it and rerun it. And then next thing you know, you walked out of one dealership with 15 hard pulls. Right. So I think the consumers should know what's the difference and when it's happening. And I know for us as realtors, we get this question asked a lot because we, you know, when buyers come to us and we do our consultation, they always, we always make recommendations, right? Because we have a team of experts that we frequently use. And so when we're making recommendations for a lender specifically, I know that, you know, according to Chicago Association of Realtors for myself, that I'm a city agent, we're we're advised that we should always give more than two recommendations. So we give two options. And so the consumer is always concerned that, well, what if they pull my credit? Is my credit going to decrease because I'm having two entities pull the credit? So obviously when it's the same line of right business, it's it's going to be like a soft pull at the second or just shop it around. But Mimi, what are you seeing? I mean, specifically because I know that your husband's a lender. How does that affect your business and what do you tell your buyers? So Carla, I tell my buyers, I mean, no one really knows what their credit is. So once they do get it pulled, once they do get it pulled, um, they should go in and and really they should go in and tell people what their credit score is and they know it on themselves so everybody's not pulling. But the funny thing about pulling the credit and which a lot of consumers do not know is they let different mortgage companies pull their credit but at that time they can't shop for a rate because you can't lock a rate until you have an actual contract. So they're just telling you the day's interest rate. Mm-hmm. They're not telling you the actual rate that they can give you. So that's kind of a misconception that people have is like, oh, I'm shopping rates, so everybody's mm-hmm. going to pull my credit, which is bad when you're looking to buy a home. I you love know? that you said that, right? That when you're not getting that rate at the moment that someone's no. pre-approving you because you have to lock that rate later. Once you have an ex- executed contract, that's when you know exactly, or you know, we have an appraisal on the file submitted. Right. A lot of people don't really understand that. No, they don't. And credit and interest rates change every day. And what you have to do is you have to get yourself prepared to, am I going to be able to afford this home at this interest rate or that interest rate, right? It's really not about the rate. Honestly, it's, it's about it's, it's more not. about the program. Yeah, it's about the program. It's about you're going to stop renting and you're going to start building wealth. And I like to educate my clients on that and teach them how, you know, that isn't the most important thing to go for. It's not the most important thing is this interest rate that everybody's locked on. No, like I said earlier, if you're at a 4.5 versus a 4.75, you're talking about uh, let's just say a roughly a $200,000 loan. $300 a year in interest, three to four, max four. I mean, it's not a lot of money in right. interest. And is that really going to stop you but, from buying a home? But no. if you're a 680 in some cases versus a 679, I'm just using that as a, t- as a breaker for the average person to understand me, you might fall out of a lower down payment program versus, now not, not government because those go across the board, but there's some scenarios where you might fall out of a program by being one point off. Right. Now you're going from three or 5% down to 10% down. So let's take, for example, specifically what, what you're doing. Most of the people I'm assuming that you're meeting with for credit counseling are people that really need to start rebuilding, not somebody with a 690 that wants a 720. Uh, I'm assuming you're seeing more 500s than you see anything else, correct? Yes, I do. Okay. So that category of clients typically don't even fall, in some cases, a lot of lenders won't even do an FHA loan below 580, okay? Um, there might be some out there, but here, here you go. You're, you're pulling your credit from one to the other to the other to the other, and it's just making, it's just making things worse for the most part. Um, but in some cases where if a client's in the 550 range, he needs to get the 580. Or, and that's the, de- the determination between approval and not at all, right? Or he, he had a bankruptcy or a foreclosure not, less than two years ago, so he doesn't have an FHA capability, and now we need him to be a 620 to fit into this one program with 10% down, and if he's not a 620, he's got to go all the way to 15% down, which would be, let's say, fifteen or $20,000 more in down payment costs. So rate is the last thing on these people's minds. They're just worried about approval now, right? But here we go. Soft pulling and hard pulling. It's a tough business. Got to stop pulling. And I love that we're talking about rates. I'm sorry, credit scores. Because a lot of consumers are always confounded by what is the perfect credit score. And I know that, Joanna, when we started the show, you said, you know what, I want to get excited about this. I know credit, not the most exciting topic, but you have a gift card to give out to people. If they know what is a good credit score, like at what point do you have a good credit score? So what are you giving away? 
So it's going to be a $100 gift what? card. Can I answer now? I think I know the and answer. And I might, I might do two. What? So. She's giving you away. Big money, big money. <laughs> so just a $100 gift card. Um, okay. You can go towards credit. Um, let's not say repair. Okay. Credit enhancement. Oh, oh I like I that. Like credit enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like enhancement. Repair is like what people think of it because you're, you know, you're taking something broken and you're fixing it. So they say the word repair, but it's counseling. I like that. Do advice. you have Nick repair? <laughs> but listen, what are the rules? So how do I how do I get my money? The okay, so first consultation, obviously, right? But you know what? Actually, if you comment um, and you answer the question, um, what do you think a good credit score is? Uh, you will be entering the drawing, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. So uh, you, hold up. I got to go make well, a comment. <laughs> you don't qualify. <laughs> you probably don't even know the answer. I gave you a 20%. 575. <laughs> I'm there. I just got it done. That's his score, you guys. 575. <laughs> That's his score. There you go. Good stuff. So Good I got to yeah. touch on something here. because Please. You better talk up because the microphone after I just stuck with the producer, and it's working well. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's, it's hard. I'm just it's turning you point. off then. Sorry. So here, here's a, a misconception about credit enhancement or credit improvement. improvement companies. They don't only just focus on bad credit. Mm-hmm. You guys also educate even people that have great credit and the importance of how to maintain it. So if you could touch on that briefly, I have good credit, I think. Really? Uh, how do I maintain it, and <laughs> why is it important to maintain it? So um, that's a that's a very good uh, comment. So I know Nick was saying something about you know nor- normally people with a six eighty won't come to you guys, and actually that is not necessarily true. We do have people that want to go from a six eighty to a seven twenty or seven forty. They want to get you right. know a better program or whatnot. So a couple things that you can do to continue your credit and make it even stronger is to um, remember the usage on each plastic, right? And so if we are maxing it out, if we're using... Plastic. Plastic. On each plastic. Credit card. Yes. Okay, got you. Credit card. All right. So anything that has to do with maxing out a credit card, which is uh, technically revolving credit, uh, or a charge card, um, that's going to start deducting your points. Right. So you want to be able to stay at the 30% or low, uh, lower than that. Are you listening to and, I'm not, and, I, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go against your professional opinion because you do this every day. I mean, even though I play with it every day, um, <laughs> that <laughs> really sound does. is really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I play with the credit scenarios, but I read somewhere that you're, you're actually, 30% is a very good marker, yes. and that keeps your credit at least gaining points versus losing points. Over 50% is a bad marker. If you got your credit card limit at $4,000 and you're at $2,300, you are probably not helping yourself at all. Not at all. Getting to 3800 on that $4,000, we know it's hurting your credit score. For sure. Like when you start maxing it out, anything over 70% is really beating up on your credit score. But I heard recently that even the 30% number, um, some of the major carriers are looking at stuff like below 20% now, below 15% where, you know, you're using it very nominally, it's there, but you're not dependent on it. Uh, so I heard it's gotten even str- like more constringent to improve score, just for improving it. score, right. right. So 30% is like the max, gotcha. right? If you do less than that, it's always going to be better for your credit. So we have clients that only use 15% yeah. and it just looks much better. Now, it also <clears throat> depends on how you pay it back. <clears throat> So not only the usage, but how you pay it back. And I get a lot of clients saying, should I pay the whole thing off? Or should I just pay a little bit more than the minimum? And reality is, is you want to leave a little balance behind. Okay? I know that sounds I a little... I feel like there's so many you games wanna... that you want to play. It's it is like, tricky. It is just like, I mean, do you have a list of these things? Just but don't do's and do's? Let me, inter- it's like, let me interrupt this real quick. Just so we all understand that... You're going to go a lot of, here? We all have, we all, ev- I think every consumer has some general credit awareness. Oh, I maxed out my credit cards. Oh, I got a couple, cu- couple collections. My, I had a late car payment. They know these things are bad, and that's why the credit score is not 740, right? Right. But there's a lot of old myths as well that are pre-09. Stuff that used to happen in the credit reporting world that happened, that people had known for Hundreds of years, it seems like, or whatever, however long the credit system's been in place. But then in 2009, there was a lot of legislation and a lot of 
changing of the gears because of the market crash and people were trying to get were having a hard time getting approvals because the old system was broken compared to the new rules if you will so there's been some changes um, I can get into some of those or you can get into some of those um, but specifically on soft pulls and hard pulls and and inquiries have changed significantly after 09 because they wanted to let consumers be able to shop a little bit there's just a I mean, window I just now. feel like it's so complicated, right? Because the goal is to buy something and pay back. And don't borrow too much money or don't borrow money to be you told, can't afford to repay. We used to be told before 09, anything below 50%, you're good. Now here we are, and you're 30%. sitting here saying, no, 30%, that's a max. So see, there's a change right there, because 50 was once a benchmark. Sorry. Well, so I've, oh, go ahead. So I've run into a lot of people happen to think like, okay, I paid off this card. Now I'm going to close it. Like Mm. that's a huge misconception, right? Because then you lose all that good history you had on paying that card. And everyone's always like, I'm just going to close the account. That's what's going to work. And it doesn't. Like that actually actually hurts your credit. To to touch on that, um, when people have a car loan out there and they're so excited about paying it, you know, I only have two more payments to go. And then I don't have that debt anymore, which is great. But at the moment you pay the last payment and that account is closed, you no longer have that history. And so your credit is going to go down a little bit. So you Mm -hmm. better have something else to offset. And that's crazy, too. And I keep I keep talking about like cultural things things right like what is cultural because for me like I always said I don't like credit like I don't carry credit cards like I just don't like it if I can't afford it I'm not gonna buy it and I know it's terrible because even as an investor people are saying well instead of dumping all your money into one flip why don't you leverage it and put down payment and get a mortgage so you can you know get more projects going and I'm like oh you know so it's like and then you know being someone that I'm a 1099 right so I never carry credit because it was I would get penalized because it's better when you are getting your W-2 and you can show how much income you make and it's easier to prove income versus, you know, writing off stuff or what what have you. So it's more complicated for uh, independent contractors to get credit um, or get, you know, loans because, well, I guess it's not that it's more difficult. It's just that you get, you probably could get a higher interest versus somebody that has a W-2 and it's a cleaner, you know, whatever. So I never like worried about credit. I never like worried about having a credit card or, you know, I never, I was not, I'm not a shopper. So it's not like I carry credit cards, but now it seems like you also get penalized because you don't have credit. So you always have to build credit. So what do you do? You go and get, you know, all these credit cards from these department stores so that you can now start building credit. Again, like I said to Nick, it feels like, you know, it's a game. Like you, It is a game. Like, but I feel like I'm financially responsible for myself. We actually are getting a lot of clients that are 50 and over with <clears throat> absolutely unrated, no credit. Because and they've gone ghost. Right. And it's because of what you just mentioned, right? It's the well, mentality of, I don't of, have I the don't money, wanna, yeah. then, you know, I'm just not going to get anything uh, with credit and I'm not going to put yeah. myself in debt. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if, if you don't have credit, you pretty much can't really get, uh, you know, as many things as you would like. And, you know, you, you said that if you lose that car payment, you could see yourself going backwards without having any debt. Because if you're not using credit, you don't get points for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but people need to, like, relax. I mean, if you have an 800 credit score, you don't need to rush out and get another car payment. It's okay to go to 770. So at what point am I going to stay It's from okay like, to be at 750. Like if I'm at 700 to 800, I'm still going to get a good rate? Or yeah. Like, or like, six, I, think I think at that everyone, point, it just... I want to say, I'm going to say 750 in the mortgage world is the end all number. You have no, you don't get any extra benefit on rate after 750 credit score. So you can be 850. It's the same rate as a 750 is what I'm trying to say. Now, see me, me. Every 20 points or so, every 20 <laughs> points or so, things get a little bit different, and you know. You could lose an eighth of a point going from 750 down to 700 or a quarter point if you're not a 750 versus 700. I'm sure the same thing goes for car loans as well. But you don't need to rack your brain and go out there and get more debt if you're a really high score. It's, You'll it's, figure it out, you know. It's good that we're talking about the 700s and the 800s and the 750. Uh, but in all honesty, we in our office see 400s. Uh, the la- the, the so Graco's a client. But <laughs> good, that's good. It's the reality, though. Like, week. think about it. You know, it's like we're overspending. It's that culture of like instant gratification. So, and that brings me. I'm sorry, sorry. For, to the next topic, which is revolving credit versus long term credit. Because you're talking about a car loan, uh, right? Can you please explain to our listeners what is the difference between revolving credit versus long term credit? So we pretty much already covered that. Which is revolving credit is anything that has to do with. Plastic, Plastic. credit cards, uh, charge cards, anything that revolves. So you use, you pay, 
you use and you pay. Oh, okay. Long-term uh, loans, you know, mortgages, car loans, they do do really good on your credit when you pay it, but it doesn't necessarily help your credit score to go up higher. If you really want your score to start going up higher, then you need to utilize your revolving credit, which is the credit cards and the charge cards, better. Oh, wow. Better usage, paying it, you know, leaving a little bit of a balance behind. It, it can be but not a big one. But it not can, a big one. Yes. Got it. So basically, go ahead, go wa- crazy shopping, get <laughs> different credit cards. 30% percent percent usage only. Yes. 30% usage. So I got a question really quick. How long can I hold it? So, like, if I go over my 50% of the limit, how long do I have to pay that back? So the credit reporting agencies are always going to be taking snapshots of your credit at any point of the month. So you want to make sure that at any point of the month, you're not over the 30%, right? So if you went over the 50% and then you pay it back, that's fine. You're going to take a little hit, but then you will quickly you know, go up again. So. That's, a, that's a very good general um, education right there because you're, you're very accurate. Now, some of the tricks with some of the bigger firms your Chases, your Citibanks, your B of A's, they release their tape once a month. You'd have to find out when are they releasing their tapes. Like City, I know personally, is on the 20th. They published their tapes to the three bureaus. Uh, Bank of America is a little different. So you could hurry up and pay it off and at least register on the 19th. There's a new balance they're going to report. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's a little finesseful. It's a little mm-hmm. tricky. It might be aggravating to do all that. So you really have, like, I guess... 29 days of credit time you charged it but as long as you get to the that cutoff date when they were some of the bigger banks some of the other ones are just kind of fluid like you said snapshots are constantly going out and those balances are frequent you know, you know the, and, and I think the most important thing at the end of the day is to know what you are trying to accomplish and so if you are in the in, in, in the market of buying a property then you're going to get those right and you're not going to want to go over the 30% usage no late payments none of that stuff because you are trying to accomplish something which is buying a property but if you are not in the market to buy a property and you actually have to utilize your credit then you can utilize it you know 0% for 18-24 months we have a lot of clients that are utilizing Utilizing that to you know do home improvements and stuff like that. So if you're not looking to purchase anything anything anytime soon, then you might want to play a little bit more with your credit. But then if you know, get ready three months before so that you can have the best um, credit score. So I need some red meat here about time. If I have like a 490 credit score, <laughs> which should what put you, you in jail, <laughs> but let's say you've oh, never stop. paid anything. You're not there. Well, no. if you're a 400 consumers, that's not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if you're at a 400 anything, you have pretty much not taken credit seriously at all. Because to be and in it's the a fours, lack of education. Right. I don't think it's something well, that no, we should be candid it's about. Not even I mean, a lack a 480, of we all know we did it. Listen, if you lost you your can't job, sleep at night. Like, listen, listen, if you lost your job, having a 480 is acceptable because you just didn't have a way to pay your bills. But if you have a 480 and you've never broke employment, you just don't care to pay anything back. And that's my opinion of you. I'm sorry. That is my opinion of you. But now, let's say you do have a 480 and, you, adulting, and you call right? Joanna Diaz at Credit RX. That's right. Oh, look at right? you being so nice. <laughs> Joanna, I want a thirty dollar bill for that every time. Um, One hundred dollar so, gift card for him. So, so you 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 know you have a four eighty, but you want to get it all together uh, because you're planning on buying a house. Now you know you won't be able to buy one in maybe sixty days. It might be a little hard for that to get refined in sixty days. But what is the haul for someone that is really at the bottom of the barrel? Like you're talking below five hundred, even a low five hundred is really at the bottom of the barrel. Let's be honest. Um, what kind of and 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 just go with fifteen collections, a judgment, you know, the stuff that you would see to earn a four ninety five credit score. What type of time am I walking into so I can at least start making plans about buying a house and all that stuff? Is this a year, six months, three months so to our, get into an acceptable range. So average uh, time is usually four to six months. Sometimes you could go about eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on the situation. When you have someone who's at a 480, um, it, it's usually a combination. It's not just maybe inaccuracies on the credit report, but it's actually lack of credit. So in other words, it doesn't really necessarily mean that they just didn't pay any bills. Yeah, maybe they just... <laughs> maybe he's never had a credit card, but he's got nothing but parking tickets. <laughs> That's not Could credit. Be. That's not credit, bro. <laughs> so, so you know, a, a combination of judgments. So, judgments only drop the credit score when it hits. 
the credit, right? And then it kind of stays there. And of course, you need to clear it out, right? Release it. Uh, but when it comes to collections and, and things of that nature, you know, usually clients that have a, a 480, it's a combination of things, the, whether they have, uh, you know, bad items that need to be uh, removed because they're inaccurate or maybe we need to pay them off or whatever the case may be, but also lack of credit. So we want to make sure that... Um, you know, that, that we uh, look at the entire scenario and, and understand what the client needs so that we can help them, right? So we can help them to uh, make a very informed decision and be able to, you know, maybe open some lines of credit and not only open them, but teaching them. Okay, teaching the consumers on how it has to be used. Right, because everybody's case scenario may be different. So Absolutely. you're an expert, so you understand what they need to do. And maybe they're listening to our show and they're going to say, I'm going to apply all those strategies. It may not be the right strategy for them, so Each it's better to, to call you and get a more customized plan. Um, and I know, Mimi, you've been in the business for a while. You've seen everything. Are there any stories that kind of resonate with you that, you know, about someone that has gone through this that you've been able to help in the past? Yeah. Oh, my God, Carla. I had a client come in. Um, it's like 8 o'clock at night, come in running through her score. She can't get a house. She was in the middle of a deal. Something hit her credit, went bad. We sat there. We analyzed her credit. I come from the mortgage background. That's why I speak a lot on you know, interest rates. I'm actually, I, I sleep with a lender. So. Sounds kind of uh, weird. The whole entire lender? Yeah. So, how many, know, how many employees are in that lender? <laughs> no, so, I mean, I kind of am well-versed on that as well because, I mean, my children. Mm-hmm. My son wanted money from Santa Claus so he can invest in a property. My whole life is real estate lending, and I like to educate my consumers like that. I have a great team behind me, and we all cover that. So she came in and we did actually a rapid rescore and we were able to boost her points in like three days. Right. It boosted like 60 Yeah, we have points. those tricks that we yeah. can get something cleared up, get it rescored right away. Get it rescored. The majority cases. of the clients that we see don't necessarily fall in that category, right? Because right. right. if you can, are able to do rapid rescore and, you know, kind of like do a little things, you know, here and mm-hmm. there, you will get that uh, a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. But when we when we talk about people, I mean, I had a client that was 395. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let's just go right to the nitro question because that sounds like a nitro question answer. We do have to touch that, by the way. Give us your craziest story. The nitro question was, what is the craziest thing you've seen where you're like, I can't believe I'm seeing this right now, and what was the journey to get it to some form of like acceptable credit rating? So it was, I'm not going to even mention the 395 because I think there's something crazier than that. Oh. So it was a $36,000 1986 child support. Wow. What? <laughs> That was still on the credit report. So you see my ex-girlfriend's credit report. <laughs> <laughs> or client, my credit report. Only That's you my credit would be report. so silly to say that. I the client was that. looking I'm at sorry. me. The client was looking at me like my child is forty years old. Wow. Like why do I still have that? That's terrible. And you know it, it was pretty inaccurate, right? So we were able to uh, dispute it and take it off in 45 days. And that's the crazy thing is that people don't know what's on their credit report and they don't know until they they pull it, right? Because who's checking their credit every day? I mean, now you have those commercials where they say check it every day, but people don't know what's on their credit report or what's reporting and what's reporting negatively and how to fix that. Well, it's a big business now. Do you have a place you recommend? Do you have a place you recommend? You should be checking on your credit at least once a month. In my opinion. Well, let's take it and, and move it to that last segment of our show, which is what not to do. What are your recommendations on that? So no late payments. Okay. That's one of the biggest issues um, that our clients are, you know, the credit scores go uh, drop really, you know, a lot when it comes to late payments. So no late payments, please. No unnecessary hits, which will be at this point will be hard pulls. Um, if you're not in the, you know, looking for a property right now and you're just kind of like, you know, I don't want to buy yet, then don't, don't, don't pull your credit. Don't have a lender pull your credit so it doesn't uh, go on your credit report. But late payments is the biggest thing I can talk to you about. Um, it just, you know, don't go over your credit limit. So if you have a $1,000 credit limit, you d- 
do not want to do a thousand ten. <laughs> that actually takes a lot of your uh, score, and and so yeah, late payments and and going above your credit limit will be something that will be important. And again, everybody's case scenario is different. So like I said earlier, just call, contact Joanna; she'll be able to help you and analyze your credit as it stands now, um, so that you can get there and not wait a whole year to buy something. Yeah, and this isn't like weight loss where you lost your twenty pounds and you feel great about yourself, so you could dive into a cheeseburger. You can't get your 720 credit score and then say, screw it. You can't just get your 720 credit score from Joanna and be like, screw it, I'm going to miss a car payment now. I got great credit. It doesn't work like that. Are you speaking from personal stories here? So He's struggling with some things right now. So what? So what? So what? I'm going to take my 575 and go home. I do want to tell you something. So um, if you are out there and you are, you know, thinking, man, you know, my credit is really bad. What should I do? It probably isn't as bad as you think. Okay. Again, I think it goes back to facing your fears, though. A lot yes. of people are just like, oh, I don't want to deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and today's show was, it was more about like planning ahead, strategizing uh, for future so that you can face your fears, f- identify your credit where it is, and then work on those things so you can remove the bad things or remove the dings, as we like to call them. Um, because it's all about like planning. And, and when we're selling real estate, we're always talking about that budget, that monthly carrying cost. I know that we like to speak in big terms of like your approval for 450, 350, or 250. I always kind of like want to wash it down and say, what is your monthly carrying cost? Mm-hmm. What can you afford? Mm-hmm. And I even go ahead to uh, further advise people to, if there, is, if there is a spouse involved, to go ahead and budget for one spouse only in case that other spouse loses their job. Budget yourself for that one income, right? Because you never know if you're going to ever hit a hardship that's going to impede you from making your payments or it's going to, re- you know, change a lifestyle. I mean, you've been through something that was something you couldn't even imagine, something you would have never planned for, right? right? And you're in the business. I mean, you face the reality of dealing with cancer. I mean, how did that affect your family? Well, that affected my family. Crazy, but I mean, it didn't affect our finances in a way. We did plan for... You don't plan, but being on two commission workers, you do plan for your budget, right? Workers. You say, this is what I'm comfortable with. Right. I'm comfortable with this a month. And you don't want to be, you know, house poor. You want to be with what you're comfortable with. I mean, one thing I tell people, don't buy that car. You know, you should buy a house. You should have something that's going to return on investment. That car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's, that's it. that's it's it. typically halfway through a mortgage payment. Yeah, but payment. I mean, as long as you can live comfortably and you know, find something that fits your budget always and you're going to be growing money on it. It's it's a perfect time to buy. And, you know, I like to educate my clients in don't focus on the interest rate. There's different reasons you can do a higher interest rate. We went with a higher interest rate just to have lender paid MI, you know, just like to have a different payment. So different things for different people. Different strokes for different folks. But to answer your question, I have bad credit. What do I do? It's very simple. You just pick up the phone. And you call Joanna Diaz at Credit Rx. Phone number seven seven three six four seven one 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 two. You want me to give out your cell phone? Sure. Ah, I thought that was, I thought that was just for me. I thought that was just for me. All right. Her mobile, which makes me not so special, is eight four seven seven zero eight seven four zero five. Again, that's Joanna Diaz at Credit Rx. Eight four seven seven zero eight seven four zero five. Start working on it because everybody is different. So what you think might take you sixty days might take you six months. Make that phone call. Speaking of sponsors, because I got to wrap this bad boy wrap up. It. I got to wrap it up and move it on. We want to thank the we want to thank the sponsors to keep our lights on. You can uh, watch this show um, on Facebook. It's Facebook Live every every Thursday at five thirty, as well as you can catch it on YouTube in our catalogs. Uh, download the app, go to iTunes, and you can get us on podcast. Subscribe to the Market Overdrive podcast. Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff there if you want to catch up with us. Uh, and, of course, our website, marketoverdrive.com. Last but not least, let's thank the people that pay the bills around here. Mike Randnick and Carmen Carbonara. I always almost mess Carbonara. up her name. Of Stuart. I'm not putting a Latino twist on that. Carbonara. Carbonara of Stuart Title. You can't pronounce Carmen, that. we love you. Tamika Scott and Money at Money Matters Financial Peace. Uh, Denise Edenhofer. With Fidelity National Home Warranty, Joanna Diaz herself with Credit RX, Lisa Husino, last week's guest from Allstate Insurance. I want to thank you all for coming. Grago Funes, hey. Joanna Diaz, uh, Miss Black and Gold over there in the corner. We love you. <laughs> Mariah Carey. <laughs> I got my Mariah ring. Oh, no. My co-host, my co-host Carla Mina from Caldwell Banker. I will see you next Thursday at 530 sharp, maybe 540 when we get these mics worked out. But next Thursday, 530, we'll see you then. Thanks. Bye.